listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Oh, good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. We're sitting in for Bernie Fratto straight out of Vegas as we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. And we're brought to you by Discover. Remember now, Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because you see, Discover is accepted at 99% of the places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Torres in the East Coast studios, and we got to do the extra hour. Looking for you, Torres, huh? You, you got to be getting a little tired because usually you're out in Los Angeles and it's not that late for you, you know? Yeah, I'm in the East Coast uh, Hampton Inn studios, and uh, <laughs> the old Mrs. Torres over here was not very happy. She said she should have just gotten herself a separate hotel room because she's tired. <laughs> she's not into Spanier and Torres as much as the rest of America is, but you know what? If we have one unhappy customer out of the million, what do we serve? Half a billion people a month, Arnie Spanier? Something like that. I think it's 500, it's worth it. 500 million, half a billion. <laughs> we got one negative response, and it's coming from this room. Well, suck it up, Buttercup. We got another hour of radio to do. I, you know, I, I got to tell you, it, it really is so much better watching sports on the West Coast. You're an early riser. Um, you get oh. what you get done. You come Wife back. Wife just gave 10, me an inappropriate yeah. gesture in the background, by the way, but neither <laughs> here nor there. 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You're done with the early games. Um, 1 to 4, you're done with the afternoon games. Um, you're right. It, it becomes a little bit of a grind on Sunday. You got to worry about getting up and going to Monday. It's a lot better. Now, Plank's got maybe the best of both worlds. He's on central time. I don't even want to get in the mountain. I don't even know what the hell that is. Um, <laughs> well, that only applies to like Utah one and a half states. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to all our mountain uh, listeners, but continue already. Yeah, how many how many states are what did you say? Two? Two states are mountain time? I don't even know. If I but, gave you the over under of four and a half, do you think you would take the over? No, I'd probably take the under. I've, I think so, too. I'd probably go with the under. But, yeah, um, a lot easier to watch sports on the West Coast. All right, um, just to kind of wrap things up with what happened today, Green Bay beat the Rams. Were you surprised, and and I don't even know if I should say this, but were you surprised that Green Bay struggled to win this game? Why, what I mean by that, um, it was only 25-18. Now, Green Bay's offense certainly did move the ball against the number one defense. Matter of fact, it's the most yards a offense has put up against the number one defense I believe in the history of football. Um, and they did score 32 points, but like I said, it was 25-18. I guess the better question is, are you surprised the Rams hung in there on the road without the bye um, in Green Bay with a quarterback with a bad thumb and Aaron Donald not 100% is the better question. Well, the better answer is that according to Wikipedia, six states are fully in the mountain time zone <laughs> with three states that are partially in the mountain time zone. Now, what are we talking about football? I got to get back to football. Yes, back to football. Okay. Uh, one team that is not in the mountain time zone, Green Bay, I was very impressed by. So listen, to me, what it comes down to is, yes, it was by, in theory, close late in the fourth quarter and the, the, the Packers had a late touchdown to put them away. They were dominant. They were in control this whole game. And I thought the, the Rams actually put up a pretty good effort. Jared Goff, considering the injury uh, woes that he's had, the fact that we didn't even expect him to be starting in the playoffs two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I thought they played really well. But I think to me, when I look at the Packers, look, Aaron Rodgers is playing at about as high of a level as he possibly can be. I said it in hour one. Why wouldn't you think he was only 23 or 36? He was under 300 yards. Now, he did have two touchdowns, no interceptions. I thought Jared Goff um, you know, was good percentage-wise, 21 to 27, but he didn't have the yardage 
um, that uh, that Rodgers had, but his uh, his quarterback rating was almost right up there with Rodgers. I thought Rodgers was about a B plus. He could certainly play a lot better, and he's going to have to play better. B plus, he averaged eight, uh, almost nine yards per completion. I mean, am you I know, too hard on him here, or what? Yeah, I think you're being a little too hard on him for sure. I mean, I, I thought that they were really effective. And I also just, he's just so in control. And I mean, he just know it just feels like he, he always knows when to make the right decision, when to roll out, when to drop back. By the way, there was a couple passes that were right in the bread basket. Uh, Alan Lazard, I think, basically dropped what would have been a touchdown pass uh, if, he had, if he had caught the ball. So, no, man, I, I don't think, this is one, you know, we talked about it with Lamar. We talked about it with, Lamar, with uh, Josh Allen, excuse me. I think you can look at the, the, the stats on Aaron Rodgers and say the exact opposite of those guys, which is that I don't think the stats are reflective of how well he played. I thought he was completely dominant tonight, Arnie. Packer fans, you want to play who? Tampa who? or the Saints next weekend? What is the easiest road for you guys to go to the Super Bowl? <sighs> we, we, we disagree on this. I, I said if I'm a Packer fan, I would probably want to play Tampa – but you said if you're a Packer fan, you think that they would probably want to play the Saints because why? You're not afraid of Drew Brees and, and them beating you by the air? Is that it or what? Yeah, I think that that's the argument is that um, is that Brady just has this mystique, this aura, nine Super Bowls. Do you really want to be going up against him in an, in an NFC championship game? Breeze is obviously an all-timer. He's a Hall of Famer, all that stuff. But he doesn't quite have the same pizzazz as we talked about to end last hour. It feels as though while the the Saints won last week, they were a little bit underwhelming in how they did it. Um, But the only argument that I can make, and I don't think it really matters because both quarterbacks are so old, is Brady being 43 playing in that crazy cold weather. We know he he doesn't have a great – well, I take that back. I was going to say he doesn't have a great track record in some of those really cold games. But, he, I mean, listen, he started this thing with the snow game and the tuck rule game. So, you know, that would be my only concern is that he is so old and the weather could be really bad. But, again, he made his career playing in cold weather. So, for that reason, that's why I take the Saints. Buffalo beat the Ravens 17-3. to um, I picked Buffalo minus the two and a half. I thought they were the best bet on the board on the entire weekend. I actually had Green Bay minus six and a half also. Uh, I'm surprised it was this low scoring, even with the wind as bad as it was. I thought there was going to be some snow. Um, you think it's took, uh, the wind took a little bit of luster off Buffalo. I say it really doesn't make a difference at all. Um, Lamar Jackson subpar in this game, one in three in playoffs. This is the former MVP. Look, I know it's not all his fault, but they're going to start putting the blame on him. I'm not saying he doesn't work or his style doesn't work. It does. Um, unfortunately, it just hasn't worked in the playoffs so far. Ravens, the pick six. That's all people are going to talk about with Lamar, how he didn't get back, wasn't able to make the tackle, wasn't able to stop him from getting the 101-yard interception return for a touchdown. If he doesn't get that, the Ravens are still in this game. It's tough, but um, Lamar did not have a good game. I, I still thought it was a good, a good win for Buffalo. Yeah, no, he did not have a good game. I, I don't think I can equate this to even last year when they lost to Tennessee and he had four turnovers. Now the pick six was ultimately what sealed the game for um, for Buffalo. But you know, to me, I still go back to Buffalo. I, I just think that. 
part of this is win pretty, win ugly, survive in advance, all that stuff. But I just don't feel great about this team going into Kansas City next week. The, the win doesn't give you an excuse there, Torres. You don't say the win was so bad. Uh, because you know Josh Allen's not going to be 23 or 37 for 206. I'll, I, you, I'll take over 206 every game from here on on to the moon. And it's just not going to happen like that again, I'm thinking. I guess, but it's not as though it's the first time he's played in cold weather since he's gotten to Buffalo either. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just windy. In the snow, it might not make a difference. Look, did you see some of the snaps out there? That was insane. Sure. How many? What, four, five, four or five missed snaps like that. Yeah, some of the kicks. I mean, Justin Tucker's about as automatic as it gets and, and missed two field goals right off the uprights. Yeah. So, no, I get it. I get it. And I'm not trying to poo-poo this thing for right. Bills fans, right. who I know we have a lot listening. I'm just saying... They, they were a little bit underwhelming, but back to your point, Arnie, um, you know, tough night for Lamar Jackson. Um, he's a professional. He'll handle it. He'll bounce back. But I do think there's some questions about the regular season versus the postseason. And, and John Middlecoff in hour one brought it up, and it's a good point, is that, you know, you, you look at how they call games. That it's so run heavy, and that works in the regular season against Cincinnati and against the Texans and against whomever. But when, when, when things get tighter in the playoffs, when you're playing better defenses – Right now, it's just not working, as you said. Not to say it can't work going forward, but I think they got to open up that offense if they want to have ultimate success with Lamar Jackson. All right, Browns, Kansas City. We both picked Kansas City to win the game. Who are you rooting for to win the game? Are you pulling for the Browns to get the upset, or do you want to see Mahomes try to go ahead and get back to the Super Bowl? Am I allowed to say I have no, like, I mean, we're No, we're you not... can't. Come on, really? I mean, you don't well, want to all... see the Browns win? You don't think that's a great story? You have you no know, sentimental value there? What's wrong with you? Don't you have a heart? Well, for, first of all. <laughs> Tin man, not, what's, what's up with we're, that? We're not supposed to root for anybody, one. Oh, stop but, it. But two, yeah, I don't really, like, I love, you know, I love greatness, right? And so, like, I'm not one of these people, and you and I do the college football show, and right. everybody says, I love chaos. I want Ohio State to lose <laughs> to create. I don't want chaos. I want to see Ohio State versus Clemson. Then the winner, I want to see him play Bama. Um, and so when it comes to the NFL, like, part of me is I, I'm rooting for KC. I do think Cleveland's a good story, though, man. And I and it's not only a good story; it's that you know Baker Mayfield just gets crapped on so much. And you brought up the stat the other uh, a few hours ago, Arnie. They were one and thirty-one in the two years before he got there. And so to go eleven and five this year and just get no credit for anything, uh, I guess in a way I am rooting for him. But even if he wins, I mean, somebody will find a way to tear him down. But I guess I'm rooting for Cleveland. Seriously, I'm, they will. I'm I'm rooting for Cleveland. Now, Kansas City is not nearly in the same position as the Patriots, but I'm starting to find myself almost in that same area of wanting to hate the champs. You know what I mean? <laughs> They've done nothing wrong. Andy Reid's a great guy. Mahomes is just a... I mean, I'm tired of the commercials, but I mean, he's, I'm never going to get my hair cut like that. But I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, he's a fantastic guy. He's down the earth. He's a great quarterback. But I find myself wanting to see the champs go down um, for no fault of their own. I think the Browns would be a great story after, like you said, 1-31 in and um, all the losing they've had. I'd love for them to go to the Super Bowl. How great How great would that be? Huh? I remember going on Brian Knows radio show in Oregon, and he asked me, how many Super Bowls would it take for Patrick Mahomes to become hated? Because he is. He's like the most likable person in sports right now. Um, and I don't get the sense Most likable he... superstars. Is there one more likable than him? 
probably not at this point. Um, and so, you know, because of it, I just think it's so fascinating. I think I think the reason people in theory are rooting against the Chiefs, Arnie, is because it's not just about last year. It's not just about this year. It's about, I mean, if they get on a roll, this might not stop anytime soon. I mean, they could rip off, you know, I don't want to get too overboard. No, you're but, getting a little crazy. Slow down there. Well, I mean, they, if they win... If they win this year, that's three straight AFC Championship games, two straight Super Bowls, assume a second straight Super Bowl win. I mean, then you're talking about how many are they going to win over the next 10, 12 years with Patrick Mahomes still a quarterback. It could be a lot in theory. And so I think that's why people are rooting against them because it's not just about this year, but it's about the precedent that it could set of how many more they could win over the next 10 years or so. Oh, well, we don't want the... Uh... The dynasty to start. We don't want it. We want it ended before it got going. Is that what you're telling me, or what? And uh, the, the dynasty before it gets going. End it now. We just got uh, over the Patriots dynasty. I don't know that I'm ready to immediately start another one. I don't That's think. I don't think the uh, Chiefs are hated. Um, I just think. Matter of fact, I think the Browns are more hated than the Chiefs for some reason. Whether it's I Baker know, right? Mayfield or what. I don't you get the feeling that the Browns are more hated than the Kansas City Chiefs or what? No, I think I think 100%, and I don't really know why. Like, I I don't I think the Browns are like the most likable team ever. I mean, I, I guess seriously. I mean, what did Baker Mayfield do? Because he yells and screams and is very emotional and excited and well, loves he did plant football. the flag in college, right? Did he? Yeah, that was a million years ago. <laughs> so what, the, we only remember that though. So. Yeah, half the people don't even remember. I mean, I guess the Miles Garrett uh, situation with. Um, what, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? Why am Rudolph? I blanking on it? Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they're a pretty likable team, so I don't know, man. I, I just don't get the Browns' hate. I think it's a cool story. You know, we root for these teams that stink forever. You know, everyone's rooting for the Bills this year, but for some reason they're not as excited about the Browns. All right, you want to be part of the show, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius 1 when we get back. Two-time, not one-time, two-time winner of the uh, Hilton Sportsbook uh, football contest. Steve Fezzik will stop on by. We'll talk to him. That's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of the places that in the U.S. that take credit cards. So learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spaniel. Let's get to our guest. Two-time winner of the Super Contest. The only two-time winner. It's Steve Fezzik. How you doing, Steve? I am in fairly good spirits. I just got an email. I finished 69th this year, so I actually cast in the Super Contest this year. And I may be the only contestant that cast that was completely unaware of it until being notified. How, how much do you uh, win for being uh, in 69th place? I get $900, but my entry fee was $1,500. Not, not very good. Well, okay. You can't win every year, Faz. <laughs> you, you can't win it every year. Matter of fact, though, um, today's games, I thought Green Bay was a steal, minus six and a half. Now, um, it still was a one-possession game, uh, 25-18 late, but Green Bay got the late touchdown. It was still six, six and a half. I thought Green Bay was a bargain in that game. Can it really be this simple that <laughs> when Aaron Goff plays in cold weather that we yeah. fade him, especially considering he plays with a bunch of uh, teammates that are, you know, in a beach city, and it does seem that easy because the cold certainly seemed to impact Goff and that offense, and they just couldn't keep up with the Packers. 
So kind of a two-part question, Fezzik. I, I want to ask you about just some thoughts that you had in general on the second game, which was obviously Bills-Ravens. And are you at all concerned about the Bills? I mean, slight uh, favorites in each of the last two games, covered la- or did not cover last week, covered this week, although it was sloppy, it was ugly, you get a pick six. What do you make of the Bills, who are obviously in a great position as a team, but as a bet, I mean, obviously I, I know we don't know who they're going to play, but you know, assuming they play KC, is there concern for you going forward? Well, I wouldn't call it concern because I have a bet with my friend Matthew Holt, and he took the Bills against me, thirty to one to win the Super Bowl. Oof. So I'm, I'm, I risk two hundred to win six. I'm sorry, I risk six thousand to win two hundred that they wouldn't win the Super Bowl. Oh, wow! So I wouldn't wow. say I'm concerned about the Bills. I'm concerned the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, but it, it certainly was not a good performance by them by any stretch of the imagination today. And ultimately. Hey, you get a 14-point swing, or call it a 10-point swing on one play, and that's going to completely skew the scoreboard. You know, I know that the Ravens wound up winning the overall stats, but I think it was fair to say the Bills deserved to win the game, but they certainly were not convincing, especially on offense. All right, Fezzik, let's break down the Browns in Kansas City. Explain this to us. The opening line opened up, I believe, Kansas City minus 10, and it's still pretty much a 10. You'd be lucky if you can get Kansas City minus 9.5. Over on there went from 54 to 57, so I'm guessing a lot of people all over um, the over on that one. Um, the Sharps are liking Kansas City while the public is taking, uh, the Joes are taking Cleveland, or is it the other way around? What's going on in this game, and who do you like? Well, the public likes the Chiefs in this game. The Sharps are looking at Cleveland, and and frankly, they're starting to take plus 10. To put things in perspective, middle of the year, Kansas City was home against Carolina, and Kansas City was laying 10. Now they're hosting Cleveland, and they're laying 10. Well, Cleveland's a lot better than Carolina, and Kansas City has certainly not gotten better the last seven or eight weeks Look at their 0-7-1 against the spread run, and they've won none of those games by more than six points. So it's hard to make a case for Kansas City other than the spot's really good for them and that they're rested, and Cleveland had a once-in-a-generation tear-down-the-goalpost win at their rival Pittsburgh. That's the only case you could really make here. Uh, I do think that the, total, the move on the total makes sense upwards because Cleveland played those three games in bad weather um, against the Raiders, which was the worst of the batch, and they played against Philly, and they played one against um, Houston. All three of those, I think, skewed all the stats for Cleveland, made their defense look better, made their offense look worse. So because of that, uh, Cleveland is a dead-not-over team, and I think that uh, they'll be throwing – throwing, throwing in the second half when they get behind. So I agree with that move on the over. So you just mentioned, Fezzik, about the, the concept of Kansas City having a bye week, they're well-rested, all that stuff. I know it's not as much of a factor because we only have two teams that get the bye now as opposed to four, but is there any data that shows that the teams that actually have the bye take full advantage of it and come out well-rested playing great football out of that bye? Yeah, so teams have done well and have covered more than half the time off of the buy, but the market is aware of it. So now you're sure. paying the point spread tax associated with it. When I make the the game based upon just my power ratings, I make this game seven and a half. So there's a big tax that's in play here on this game. You know what? If you really think that Kansas City is going to have rust, 
you may well want to take a shot with Cleveland first quarter. Mm. I see a couple plus three and a halves out there. You know, three and a half's an awful lot to get in a first quarter, especially in a game where Cleveland's probably going to try to have ball control early in this game. If Cleveland, if Kansas City wins the toss, they're going to defer. So will Cleveland. So if Cleveland starts with the ball, you could easily get two possessions. Casey only gets one, and the only way they beat you is to get a touchdown. By the way, what's the money line for Cleveland? Three to one or two sixty or something like that or what? Let me go ahead and look that up for I, you I, on the screen here. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably short of three to one, but three to one seems like some pretty good odds if you're gonna get that, you know? Four to one. Wow! Get out of here. I'd take a chance on that, Fez. Well, Cleveland uh, Kansas City, if you discount that week seventeen throwaway game, they are twenty three and one. Oof. Well that's <laughs> true. I don't want to look at that. But all right, let's let the, let's get the Tampa and the Saints. Let me ask you this. One, do you do the it's tough to win uh three times, but it really isn't. And how much stock do you put into the 34-23 game or the 38-3 game and why are the Saints not a bigger favorite? What they're saying is even though the Saints won twice if you take away home field which is probably let's say two points with the the lesser fans, they're saying it's a pretty much pick up game or the Saints by one after they won twice. What's going on here? All right. well I have the Saints a point and a half better Okay. And if I give them one and a half for home field, I get right to that three. But I do think you nailed it. Fundamental matchup advantage. The truth is it's hard to beat a team twice. It's not hard to beat a team three times. Now, how can that make any sense? That doesn't seem to be clear. Well, it turns out when you play them the second time, and let's use these two teams as an example, opening day, all right, Tampa Bay, Brady's not quite in sync with his receivers, and New Orleans wins by 11. But then week nine, it's revenge time. Tampa Bay's home. That's the, the step-up game. That's the game you would expect that it would be really hard for the Saints to win. And that game was a slaughter. Yeah. That was a, the most unusual game I've ever seen in that Tampa Bay started with the ball. Tampa Bay was home. The Saints fumbled on the two-yard line going in for a touchdown in the first quarter. And the Saints still led 31 nothing at halftime. <laughs> Complete wipeout. I mean, nothing fluky, no punt returns, no block kicks, um, no craziness, just New Orleans moving the ball effortlessly, and Tampa Bay, no open receivers, couldn't do anything, couldn't run the ball, didn't even have time to run the ball. So now that Michael Thomas is back and um, you've got Kamara playing, you've got Breeze playing, those three guys only played three games all year long. Last week against the Bears – and the two games against Tampa Bay. So if you believe in that, you certainly have to back the Saints, and I did back the Saints minus three. Wow, wow. Fez, last one for me. Uh, any prop bets for Sunday's games? You know, I'm going to take a look at Mike Evans to go under current number 67.5. Now, this is dangerous because Brady's been going to him, and he had a big game last week. But my handicap is I do think Latimer is going to be on him, guarding him, and he's had – Pretty good success against him, has kept Evans under the first two games these two teams played. And Evans was already banged up going into the playoff game against Washington. And on his very last catch, and he looked hampered, he put up a lot of numbers, but it looked like he injured himself on his last catch as well. He didn't practice Wednesday and Thursday, and there's so many good receivers on Tampa Bay. There's no reason that Brady would have to force the ball to someone who's only 75%. So because of that, I went ahead Mike Evans under 67.5 reception yards. Uh, by the way, Fez, are, are you doing anything about Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets? Are you uh, taking them to win the championship? Are you on them every game? Are you betting against them every game? Are you staying away every game? What, what's going on with Brooklyn? I just want 
to extend an offer. I do not have a gaming license, so I don't think I can actually do this. <laughs> However, the Brooklyn Nets are plus 330 to win the title. The Lakers are like plus 250, so the Nets are the number two choice. If you would have asked me that, if I was in a vacuum and you said, Fez, what do you think the odds are on Brooklyn without me ever get, getting to see any odds, I would have thrown out, well, probably like 15 to 1. You know, it's like they're, they're a 500 team and they've got a gel and Harden's fat and has gone to McDonald's too much. And, you know, who knows if Kyrie is going to be able to find his way in this flat world back to the team and, and the chemistry. And yet they're sitting at plus 330. Anyone that wants to bet Brooklyn plus 450, let me know. <laughs> we'll go ahead and cut some kind of deal. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, by the way, um, last time we filled in, we had you on, and you said if the Bears won, they won and covered that we're comped in Vegas next time we come. You know what? I would have comped you anyways. So. <laughs> he, he's like, did I say that? Did I, did I say I don't that? Know if I said that. <laughs> I love it. All right, Fez, thank you very much. Good luck tomorrow. We'll speak to you later on, buddy. Can't wait to do dinner with you guys in Sin City. Uh, I love it. Thank Take care. Fez. Steve Fezzik, everybody, the only two-time, not once, uh, uh, Torres, two-time Superbook Contest winner. So how about that? Probably got a lot of money. All right, though, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Mac, Mackenzie Rivers, see who he likes. He'll break it down first, though. Let's see what's trending. We check in with B. Fed, hey. who's in for the Sager. We sent the Sager home, did we not, or what? Yeah, you were so nice to give him the the night off at oh, 11 I'm, I'm p.m. So, I'm a, just, a just Mr. A, softy. I'm you Mr. are. Softy, you're a giving yeah. man. I am. Guys, the Bills forcibly shake the Ravens 17-3 in the AFC Divisional Round. Buffalo skating into the AFC Championship game for the first time since the 1993 season. Wow. Yeah, how about this? Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson completing a pass to Bills' Taron Johnson, who raced 101 yards for the touchdown. Jackson later suffered a concussion in the contest. Baltimore place kicker Justin Tucker was bullseye with the uprights. Not one, but two of his field goals bricked off the posts. After the game, Buffalo QB Josh Allen credited the win to his team's D. The way our defense stopped the run, I mean, the, the, the game plan was executed to perfection. And, um, you know, offensively, we got to do a better job, but uh, our defense stepped up. And again, that's playoff football. It, it doesn't matter how it looks, you either get it done or you don't. Um, our team got done today. Apparently, Josh Allen staged that interview underwater. The, pa- <laughs> <laughs> the Packers terrorized the Rams 32-18 in the NFC Divisional tilt. Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers accounted for three touchdowns, including one on the ground. He found Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams in the end zone. Rams signal caller Jared Goff was sacked four times. Green Bay will host the NFC Championship game for the first time since the 2007 season. Hey, Discover matches all the cashback you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover's accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen report. Limitations apply. James Harden, after groaning about playing in Houston and mailing it in, applies himself in his Nets debut recording a triple-double with 32 points as Brooklyn tranquilizes the Magic 122-115. Harden, after the game, proudly said, quote, I hope that you can Tell by my smile and my play, just excited, excited for the opportunity. This is an unbelievable organization from top to bottom. Close quote. 
It's almost unbelievable that Aaron Torres has body slammed Arnie Spanier in most Ooh, sports wow. takes. But then again, it is probably pretty believable. Back wow. to the Very knuckleheads. Good. Arnie Spanier, wow. Aaron Torres. Thank I'm Mahomes you, and he's Baker Mayfield. That's End right. The story. Thank you, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Brian. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, let's get to our next guest straight out of Vegas, our buddy Mackenzie Rivers. Mac, first things first, did the Green Bay Rams game surprise you a little bit? Um, it went over Green Bay laying the six and a half. Any surprise in that game? No surprise for me. I mean, that was my best bet, Green Bay minus six and a half. I have to say one thing about that game. That game proved why Aaron Donald's probably the most valuable player in the National Football League because he was so terrible, because he was so off. He was so bad. His ribs obviously affected him. They said they weren't limiting his snaps. Why would you only play the defensive player of the year half of the game? It must have been because of his injury. And yeah. because of that, the Packers simply dominated on offense. They only dropped the, dropped the ball, literally. They could have scored on every single one of their possessions. Uh, and that's what I expected. I expected the Packers to dominate. Now Jared Goff, 0-5 when the temperature's cold, under 40 degrees. I mean, I don't I don't think you can be surprised by this one. A lot of the sharps were, but you know, it's 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 the sharps and the squares that win in this business. So Mackenzie, you could take this either from the perspective of what we saw from a gambling perspective, from your personal um, you know, uh, thoughts, whatever, but Lamar Jackson, I mean, you know, we as just standard sports commentators have to talk about his successes and failures, mostly failures when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, ha- have you made a boatload betting against him? Is is he still a, a like what do you make of Lamar's playoff struggles from a gambling perspective? Lamar Jackson's a fascinating case. The last year and a half, including tonight's loss, 20 and 8 against the spread. Wow. In general, the market doesn't see this kind of tornado coming. It's amazing what they've been able to do. That said, he's one and three in the playoffs. So was Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning had a lot of the traditional standard talents that we've seen been able to excel at this level. Now, the NFL stands for not for long. The only thing that we know about the NFL is that in 1985, the shotgun was seen as some you know, hippie college thing that wasn't going to work in the NFL, and now every single quarterback does it on almost every single play. So change is inevitable. Will change go in the Ravens' directions where this very quirky offense will actually work at the next level? I think it can, but I think they actually have to lean into it a little bit more. The first possession of the game, they ran the first five possessions, got down to the 20-yard line. And then they did a double reverse fake handoff pass that ended up in a 15-yard sack. They missed the field goal. The rest of the game was what it was. I think it's it's very different. You're going to get some egg on your face for trying something so different. But I think they have to lean into it with Lamar Jackson, a top 10 quarterback in this league. I think they have a great shot to win a Super Bowl. Obviously, every team only has a 3% chance to win the Super Bowl coming into the season. So more likely than not, they're going to fail. But I think the opportunity that they have, they should go all in and try to do something different. Matt, Kansas City, a 10-point favorite over the Browns, over under 57. Which way will the lines move tomorrow? Will you get 10.5, 11, or will it drop to 9.5? Will the over-under stay at 57, or is that going to move? What do you think? Rarely, almost never, can I say this. It opened at 10. On Monday, it was at 10. On Tuesday, it was at 10. Every day of the week, now Saturday night, it's at 10. I don't think it's budging. It's it's amazing because anyone that does this for a living, any serious handicapper looking at their power rankings can say, this should be eight. Fez just said it. My power rankings make it seven and a half. Maybe Andy Reid off a of bye. Well, the last time he was off a of bye, he was down 
24 to 0 against the Texans and then 20 to 10 in the Super Bowl. So I don't think it was his schemes that exactly got him out of that situation. But Patrick Mahomes is just a different variable in the equation. He's covering two thirds of his games. He's on a 24 and 1 straight up record streak. It's hard to put you know, your money against them. And that's why the line is so high. The Browns are a solid playoff team, top eight team in the league. No way the Chiefs should be laying 10 to them. But, you know, the public is not going to go against Patrick Mahomes. So, I will, so wait, wait, wait. So who are, you ta- who, are you, who are you taking in that one then? Browns 42, Chiefs 35, upset of the century. Whoa, you heard it wow. here first. You heard it here first. Wow. Well, so you're, are you going to take some of that four to one odds or what? Yeah, I'm a sprinkle on the four to one odds, and yeah. you know you can actually get six to one odds if you're willing to lay three and a half with the Browns. So alternative spread there. Wow. Yeah, I'm a sprinkle. I'm a sprinkle a lot of different bets on the Browns, especially early. I mean, look at this team in good weather. They put up 31 in Dallas on the road, 38 in Tennessee, a good playoff team on the road. Last week they put up 35 on the Steelers in the first half, all of these games in the first half. Kevin Stefanski using that zone scheme has been very impressive. And the Chiefs have had one weakness the last two years, and that's up the middle, you know, the grit, hardcore football type, you know, hit you in the mouth. And I think that's what the Chiefs can do best. I think, I think, the, I mean, the Browns can do best. I think the Chiefs have been off, you know, kind of feeling themselves the last two weeks. I think this is going to be a shocker. Expect an early big lead for the Browns, and I think they hold on. Okay, Mackenzie. So Arnie does this awful radio thing where he always says to me, I got a question for you that I know you don't know the answer to. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, I'm going to do the same to you. So you just mentioned how public Patrick Mahomes is. Do you have any idea what the, is, is an AFC championship game so big that the handle is going to be massive? I know it'll be massive, but do you have any sense for what the difference in the handle would be if it would be without Patrick Mahomes and kind of a Monday? Bills Browns, uh, you know, AFC Championship game versus a Chiefs Bills AFC Championship game where Patrick Mahomes is involved. Yes, definitely the NFL in Manhattan Avenue will be Chiefs fans tomorrow. Sure. I'd say uh, AFC Championship game with Patrick Mahomes and his, you know, Clyde Dressler. Drexler-esque rival in this window. Some people think he's as good. Most people think that's a crazy thought. I think that's like probably twice the handle, twice wow. the interest as a as a uh, Browns Bill Super, uh, AFC Championship would be. All right, uh, Mac, wrap it up. Tampa and the Saints. First of all, how much money is coming in on this this game alone? And it's not moving that line. It's staying right there. What three, three and a half? So what's going on here? Another example of since Monday, this has been dead even, right? That three point two five range that Fez likes to talk about, where you can get three and a half, but you're paying a little extra. Same with three, and. You know, there's a lot of fans of both of these teams across the nation. I think this is an, you know, uh, uh, kind of Workshire test for who you are as an NFL fan. If you gravitate more towards Breeze, more towards Brady, but I don't think Sharps have a lot of action in this game. They think it's a dead even heat. I think this is just you know fans of each quarterback back in their side. All right, we'll see what happens. Hey, good luck tomorrow. We heard it from you first. You're going with Cleveland with the upset. Get yes, some sir. of that four to one, and you're even laying points with Cleveland. How about that, huh? Getting a little yes, crazy. Well, good luck, You're Mac. Heard it here, Hurst. 42-35. All right. Take care, McKenzie. Uh, we'll see how he does. We'll come back uh, once again. Torres and I will tell you who we like. We'll go through some of the props also. That's coming up next right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Discover. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. 
It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash 2020 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier. We're sitting in for Bernie. Bernie Fratto, straight out of Vegas. Um, Let's get to our picks, finish this thing off. I'm I'm starting to change my mind, maybe. McKenzie Uh kind of made me feel like the Browns are going to get the upset, but I had to rethink that. Um, Give us a little music. Put some NFL music on. Get us in the mood. Let's start with the Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. I told you earlier, I think it's going to be a high-scoring one. The over-under right now sitting in that game at 57. Remember when you said, wow, you have a high-scoring one? I only added it. 61. So I only have it over by four points. Look, I think it could be like 30-24 with the Kansas City Chiefs getting a late touchdown to put the game over and to give the Chiefs the cover. Something like 37-24 final. I think the Browns keep it close in the first half, like Max said. I can't see the upset, though. I don't think they can stop that Kansas City offense. Like I said, late touchdown Kansas City wins and covers, and it goes over 37-24. Yeah, Arnie, the number to me that continues to stick out as I look at this game is five, and that's five turnovers for Pittsburgh last week against Cleveland. Look, that 28-0 lead was more about the Steelers being really bad than anything the Browns were doing well. Uh, and, And it's not a knock on Kevin Stefanski. It's not a knock on this organization. I think it's an incredible story. But they didn't really outplay the Steelers. The Steelers were just abysmal. And then once the Steelers got their act together in the second quarter, it was basically an even game from there. So I think you're getting Casey off of a bye. You're getting him well rested. And I think they actually do have a little bit of something to prove considering the fact that they really weren't all that great down the stretch. I think this is the best KC that we've seen for a while. I do think, to your point, Cleveland can keep things close. I got a KC 28, Cleveland 17 with the Chiefs pulling away late. That's way under. That's 45 points. Well, over under 57. Torres, when he's in Connecticut, filling in for Bernie, never misses. It's a fact. That, that, it's well, that, that's uh, opposite of what uh, the public is doing because it was gone from 54 to 57. Um, of course, the other game, Tampa and the Saints, which I think is going to be um, getting a lot of action on this one, especially when it's right around that 3, 3.5 number. Look, I'm going with the upset here. Oops. I think Tampa wins this game 31-28. I think it's going to be actually a little bit more high scoring than people expect. You know, I don't go much by the 38-3 game or the 34-23. I'm like you. Tom Brady in the playoffs. And there's a lot riding on this game for him. He has to prove that he could do it without Belichick. I'm worried about the Tampa defense. The Saints offense does not scare me all that much. If you could stop Kamara, Kamara... I think you're going to go ahead and hold them to under 21 to 24 points. That should be good enough for the Buccaneers to win the game. I got it. 31-28. Tom winning this one. What do you think? Yeah, listen, I know it's a total square play, and I know it's a total square logic, but that's exactly how I feel. I just I, I just, I can't imagine betting against Tom Brady to lose to a team for a third straight time in a game where there's essentially no, no home field advantage, right? If this was cold weather, if this was very hot weather where Tom Brady doesn't traditionally play very well, that'd be a different story. But it's in the Superdome. There's no weather elements like there were tonight in Buffalo. Uh, there's no fans. There's no loud noise. 
ways. I just think it comes down to which team is better. And right now, with due respect to the Saints, they I, I thought they were underwhelming uh, last week against the Chicago Bears. I think Tampa looked awesome against Washington. I know the level of competition wasn't great for either, but I think Tampa's peaking at the right time. The, the, the fact that they struggled early is a real thing because of the weird offseason. So give me Tampa. I got them 28-24, which is technically an upset. They're a three-point underdog, so I got them winning outright. Torres over under 102.5 total yards for Alvin Kamara. What do you think? I'm going to go over because I think both teams are going to have to score to win, so I'll go over on Alvin Kamara. That's rushing and receiving What do you got? Got to go over, right? Over under 61.5 rushing yards. I take the over in that one, too. I'm going over. Well, yeah, I'm going over. Yeah, how could you not do that? All right, we got to wrap things up for crying out loud. Thanks to Laker Don, our technical director, Birch, our producer, DeSega, on the updates, as well as uh, B. Fenn, Torres, my partner. Right, we got to thank Bernie for letting us fill in, Mac for helping us out, Fezzik for helping us out, Jason Martin's coming up next. Remember, I'm back tomorrow with Plank, same bad time, 8P to 11P Pacific, 11P to 2A Eastern here on Fox Sports Radio.